I want to change my name. I am Basil Podcasterson. The world is getting crazier. People are acting more and more insane. The end of the world is tomorrow. 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 There's only one thing to do when the world is falling apart. Listen to Basil and Gonz as they discuss this week's news and events through the lens of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Canary Cry News Talk. You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Today is December 7th, 2020. This is episode 273. And today, the Whack Gene Reptilians. They're coming for you, Gons. And you know me, I am your best buddy, Basil. And this is Gons. Welcome to the podcast where we report the egregious while pointing to Jesus, where we will likely offend you. Because we can be facetious. Supplement your weekly news digestion with us so you can get a well-rounded, biblically grounded intake of world events. Oh, man. Boom. Battle rap. Gons is <laughs> back in the house. Watch out, Flippy. I, I like it. I like it. I hope we keep doing that. Good job. <laughs> I well, think i got to memorize that one. Yeah, that's a good one. It caught me by surprise, I know. Gons. I know. It's not very often that I'm caught by surprise. Yeah. Um, Cool. Well, we're here. It's uh, it's day one, Gons. Day one of Vax Week. Vax Week is Vax here. Vax Week. Yes. That's right. If you haven't heard, this week is the week that the United Kingdom begins its national vaccine nation project. <laughs> oh, vaccine nation. Vaccine nation. Oh, That's a man. documentary. There you go. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So good. Well, our hearts and uh, our thoughts and our prayers go out to our UK listeners. But hopefully you're here and you haven't have not been uh, transformed by the mrna vaccine or whatever if you have any uh, boots on the ground reports make sure to keep us posted um but we're going to be going through uh in honor of vax week we'll be checking in on the the vaccines and the multiple companies and all the things uh all the concerns maybe yes yeah but before we do that guns uh any any news to report from like personal life? Mm-hmm. Not really. Just more more baby uh pooping and mm. yeah. You know, there's a scene in The Mandalorian where Grogu, little baby Yoda, mm-hmm. he like throws up this goo stuff. Wait, he has a name? Oh yeah. Oh, you haven't been keeping up, I see. No, I haven't. I watched the first one of this season and then uh, I wanted to wait until there was more. Okay. Well, sorry if I ruined it for anybody. His name is Grogu. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but there's a scene where he like throws up and he has these uh, this this gooey thing come out. Pretty accurate with babies when you try to <laughs> feed them. They just spit up all over and, you know, I have uh, lots of laundry. Lots of laundry going on at the house. Oh, good. Yeah. What a great update. That's yes. good to know. <laughs> um, I don't really, nothing really exciting's happened over here. I've been just trying to take it easy after sure. my trains, planes, and automobiles style Thanksgiving adventure. I'm just trying to just catch a breath for a second. Nice. Yep. That's yeah. good. Okay. Well, first of all, we will start off the show by uh, briefly touching on some of the most relevant uh, election news. Gons, what do you have for us? I have a, I thought I had an election jingle, 
Um, what happened to it? Where'd it go? I don't know. Well, anyway, yeah, I mean, I've been looking at the the stuff. You know, it's again, I'm just kind of waiting. You know, I, I people are there's just no consensus amongst anybody. There's the the, the right side of the aisle saying all the evidence is is there, and uh, the left mm-hmm. side saying look at all the stuff being thrown out of court. And yeah, nobody seems to know. I mean, I mean, nobody seems to understand exactly what uh, is going on here. You know, there's just no, it's there's willful just, ignorance on one side and on the other side, who knows what's going it's on? Will, will, it's 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 uh, overly optimistic on one side and mm-hmm. overly, I don't even say maybe pessimistic. Pessimistic is too dark. But well, the the strange thing to me with the whole uh, you know election fraud, voter fraud, two different things, um, sure. is that the story has not changed for about a week. Yeah, you know there hasn't well, been any new anything. It's been sort of on this r- repetitive cycle of uh you know the the right coming out saying look at all this evidence the left going this is baseless claims there's no evidence <laughs> and then it just goes back and forth well i've noticed the media did start changing their language a little bit because at first it was and people have pointed this out how they were saying there's absolutely no evidence to some you know to well right. the, the discredited information you know they're slowly starting to crack down a little bit because right. there is some stuff coming out that seems to be Pretty, I mean, the evidence itself, if you just looked at it face value objectively, it's like, yeah, probably some messing around going on, but mm-hmm. there probably always has been. And this is the first time in the United States where we're really looking at it. And um, yeah, I, I think it's, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, we'll just have to see what happens. I, I can't assess yeah, well, what is going to take place in the, what the actual, Results are going to be, you know, in, on uh, January 20th or whatever. You heard that, folks. Gons doesn't know what no. the results are going to be. What's up? So, <laughs> really? Oh, no. Oh, but, my gosh. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm sick and tired of seeing people say, like, oh, president-elect. Because yeah, it yeah, hasn't yeah. happened yet. We've, but then I'm also tired of, that. like, you know, it, it's <laughs> the, uh, the trust the plan folks are really, their backs are against the wall. They really got to come up with something to... to make sure that this thing keeps rolling and you know, cause a lot of that stuff can be severely discredited if they, uh, you know, if they fail to pull through, uh, with the courts and stuff. And I get it. There's a conspiring going on with the judges and who knows what kind of stuff, uh, behind the scenes is going on for them to throw things out. You had talked about, um, yeah, but what, a standing what, issue. What new thing do you have? What's going on? No, there is there is a new thing. There nothing new. What is I'm this saying, link that you have here? Oh, that's that's for you. You told me to to uh, put that oh, in there. Oh, this is mine. Yes. Oh, this is mine. Uh, and so my question is very direct: Is voting by mail secure? <laughs> I'm sitting here trying to lead you into an article that you haven't even read. Um, I specifically told you not to read this because yes. there's a fun game. Okay. I have a fun game to play here. Sure. Uh, this is an article from this is from NBCNews.com, mm-hmm. yep. which you're gonna love, and the headline is Michigan's Secretary of State says armed protesters gathered outside her home. Mm-hmm. All right. Are you ready to play the game? I'm ready. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the article, and then we'll take it from there. Okay. Dozens of armed gathered, uh, sorry, dozens of arms, do- dozens of armed gathered 
what am I doing here? I don't Dozens know. of armed people. They're humans. <laughs> Dozens of armed people gathered outside Michigan's secretary uh, of state Jocelyn Benson's home over the weekend, quote, shouting obscenities and threatening violence in an effort to overturn the presidential election results in the state. She said Sunday. Benson and her four-year-old son had just finished decorating their home for Christmas and were about to watch how the Grinch stole Christmas when the group arrived, she said in a statement. Quote, the demands made outside my home were unambiguous, loud and threatening, she said. They targeted me in my role as Michigan's chief election officer. Quote, through threats of violence, intimidation and bullying, the armed people outside my home and their political allies seek to undermine and silence the will and voices of every voter in this state, no matter who they voted for, she said. Gabriel Sterling, a top Republican elections official in Georgia, said last week that President Donald Trump's repeated false claims that the election was stolen from him had led to death threats, intimidation and harassment. And then yada, yada, yada goes into, uh, uh, you know, there's baseless assertions. Then it just goes into election news. So did you notice anything strange about this hard hitting news report in those first couple paragraphs? Uh, well, they set it up because they, they wanted to make it seem like, Oh, those horrible people trying to steal the election. There's also the Grinch that stole Christmas. Yeah. uh, I mean, what, uh, what sort of evidence are we running with on this one? Oh, zero, I, yeah, there's nothing the actual people said. <laughs> the, the whole article is not about something that actually happened and every, any evidence to support that uh, or even really any witnesses or any strong assertions that it actually happened. The whole article, the whole news story is that... Uh, uh, who is this? Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson's uh, Benson said that there were mean people outside their house. I, I'm picturing no video, <laughs> no, no video, no pictures, no audio, not even anybody else corroborating the story. Well, it's the whole article is this woman said that mean people were outside. It could very well be somebody, you know, they're putting up lights and someone drove by their house, rolled down the window. Stop the steal. And then she's like, (laughs) unambiguous, loud and threatening. (laughs) It could have, or who knows? It could have been anything. It doesn't even have to, you know, usually if you're reporting an angry mob, uh, if you, as a reporter, they're literally saying, uh, Jocelyn said some mean people were outside. They didn't go out. They didn't ask anybody else. They didn't uh, identify any of the people they didn't. There's nothing. The whole thing is Jocelyn Benson said that there were mean people. And uh, when she was baking cookies and watching the Grinch. Now, isn't that awful, everybody? Well, they I think they tried to make it horrible, too, because. Uh, make it seem horrible because uh, they brought in her kid. You know, they mentioned her child, her four-year-old son, just mm-hmm. to make it seem like, oh, those oh, yeah, horrible you have Republican the, right-wingers the, ruining the, Christmas and my four-year-old's right, Christmas exactly. dreams. Yeah. So this is a baseless claim, Gons. Okay, so what's the what's the game? What did you have an actual that was game? It. No, that oh, was the whole game. I, was I hoping, just wanted to see if you could spot it. Well, yeah, but I was hoping that you would. Uh, there was actual 
stuff that was, was low reported. expectations oh, is yeah. the key to happiness guns <laughs> i guess i expected too much actual quotes <laughs> from the mob no i was i thought yes. you were gonna i thought you were gonna no. abc you know multiple it's low expectations yeah. you gotta not expect any evidence or uh, really any reporting except for cutting and pasting a facebook post from someone yeah did you see the biden walking through the the, the uh, graveyard the graveyard <laughs> that's a little yeah. weird what was he doing he's going to a church or something um i you know i put on twitter caption this because i just wanted to see what people come up would come up with there was a couple of good ones somebody said like oh they're letting him choose his burial site and, and <laughs> stuff like that i mean that's pretty mean but Hey, you know, he didn't seem to have he a, had a little either. limp though. Did he have a he limp? He was really selling that little, was little he? baby limp. <laughs> yeah. Cause you know, he has to prove that he uh, actually broke his foot and wasn't wearing that, uh, that boot just to hide a, an ankle bracelet. Right. Right. He know? was getting out of the shower and chasing dog tails or something. Right. Some, <laughs> some weird story. man, yeah. hairy legs. I, I, I actually, if he does get elected officially and he's in office, I want him to stay all four years just so mm-hmm. we can be entertained by his commentary or his uh, just speaking in public. Oh, it's going to be hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, okay. Well, real quick, I got a very quick uh, flippy update for you. All righty. Flippy update. Do you want fries with that? Okay, folks, if you're new to the show, this is uh, called the Flippy Update. Flippy is the colloquial name we have for the disembodied robot arms that are taking our jobs, enslaving our children, and flirting with our spouses. We use talking about Flippy as a proxy conversation to discuss how robotics and AI are uh, taking over the world, whether we like it or not. And today... uh, uh, I've got a story from bc.ctvnews.california. No, no Canada, no. CA, Canada. What did I say? California. Oh, yeah. Oh, weird. Yeah, of course that's Canada. So, yes, some Canadian news here. Um, and the headline is germicidal robots featured on Grey's Anatomy mm. make their home at Fraser Health. Oh, well, Grey's Anatomy, we got to check out what this is. Uh, let's see here. A fleet of TV star robots has joined the Fraser Health team to help combat COVID-19. The 14 germicidal irradiation ro- robots target germs that linger on surfaces by emitting short pulses of ultraviolet light and made a recent cameo on Grey's Anatomy episode. Woo! Quote, the robots allow us to disinfect surfaces and high touch points in patient rooms. We also use it outside patient rooms in support in support rooms such as medication rooms, utility rooms, uh, said Faud Ibrahimov, Ibrahimov of Infection Prevention and Control at Fraser Health. The fleet cost $2 million to purchase, Ooh. and frontline workers voted to name one of them Bonnie and the other one Henry in honor of uh, BC's provincial health officer, Dr. Bonnie Henry. Creative. Through their pulses of ultraviolet light, the Xenex light strike germ zapping robot uh, damaged the DNA and RNA of harmful viruses and bacteria, including COVID 19, C. difficile. 
Candida, Aris, and more. Quote, the robots light up a room as they disinfect, removing viruses and bacteria in as little as 20 minutes, reads an announcement statement from Fraser Health. Uh, yada, yada, yada. The rest of the stuff is nothing. Um, so, interesting, couple interesting points. These were robots that were first seen on Grey's Anatomy. So, you've got some, uh, you know... A live action, um, uh, what is this? Uh, Drama? <laughs> no, a live action um, predictive programming. Predictive happening. programming, yeah. Yes. I, it would not surprise me if this uh, Xenex light strike germ zapping robot, the company, you know, paid a hefty price to get on Grey's Anatomy uh, to, you know, put it on their media section of their website. So um, people are pretty stoked to have a, a TV star um, cleaning their their hospital rooms with lights. I did find it interesting. You know, we've talked about these uh these zapping germ robots. zapping robots. Yeah. yeah, the light, the ultraviolet light robots. Uh, even earlier on in the pandemic, these have been around for a while. But this was the first time that I had heard it described that the robots damage the DNA and RNA of harmful viruses and bacteria. And I'm kind of curious. I'm no scientist. I'm sure we've, we've got some pros who listen to the show who can set me straight. Why does it? How does the light know to kill the bad DNA and RNA of viruses and bacteria? And is it safe for human beings to get zapped by these robots? Yeah, there's a couple things to mention here. First off, this thing looks like uh, like a, a like a mushroom, but also kind of like a Tesla coil, you mm-hmm. know. And yeah. uh, and the light is super bright here, at least in the video they have. And um, it's like it, a bug zapper. It probably yeah, kills like all the mosquitoes zapper. in the room too. Yeah, and it reminds me also of the, the <laughs> in Men in Black. Remember the memory wipe? Yeah, it's kind of like that too. Super <laughs> yeah. bright light. You know, it's kind of like oh, forget that you had a virus, or you thought you had a virus. <laughs> you know, and so uh, I don't know. It's just a weird, weird thing. And uh, you know, you mentioned how you don't remember them talking about these things. Uh, you know, destroying our DNA and RNA, but I think they did mention that before that they basically destroy it. And we, I'm pretty sure we asked the same or similar question. Yeah. Well, I think the idea is that they uh, essentially won't be zapping people because they're used either after hours or in empty rooms. Um, you can see a picture further down in the image gallery there where where the light actually will retract into the robot as to not, uh, you know, expose anyone while it's traveling around. Mm, yeah. Yay. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, there you go. TV star robots are here to damage your DNA. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. That's one of those things, you know, it was part of the whole packaging, making sure if people are like, what is that? They say, oh, it's the same thing you saw in Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, and people you saw it go, on Grey's Yay! Anatomy. So I you want know to be zapped by the Grey's Anatomy robot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, there you go. That's flippy update. All right. We got a bunch of updates here. I'll try to get through them quickly. of the great war 33 is the illuminati dog whistle and we always mm-hmm. see 33 mentioned in headlines and all kinds of stuff uh and we think it's some kind of elite signaling going on and 
According to this article, Patch.com, Mike Turk won't seek re-election after 33 years in office. You know Mike Turk? Probably not. Nope. I didn't know Mike Turk. No. <laughs> Joliet, Illinois. Rather than lose an uphill, uphill re-election bid, Joliet City Councilman Mark Turk announced on Sunday evening that he will not seek another four-year term of office. Uh, he's been on the Joliet City Council since 1987. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. Uh, 33, they, they told him after year 33, get out. <laughs> so there you go. I don't know if that's anything other than a headline, but maybe this guy's a Freemason. Who knows? He's in politics. There's a good chance that he's rubbed shoulders with uh, the elite. That is dark the secret place to societies. do it. Yeah. Another 33 update. As usual, we always see 33 with uh, association with a number of cases. And, you know, I feel like we see this a lot from the state of Ohio. Uh, somebody maybe can go back and tally it, but this one's another one from Ohio. WOUB.org. Athens Co. confirms 33 COVID-19 cases for December 6th. So, for the Athens Co. Is that Athens Company? Yeah, I think so. Uh, no, Athens County. Oh, Athens County, okay. yeah. Uh, 2,334 total cases of COVID-19 since the beginning of the pandemic and 33 on Sunday. So all are, of course, all is going according to plan. Gotta, gotta put it in the news. 33. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So anyway, interesting how they have to put 33 in there and also report on con- What was it? What was this? Uh, Michigan secretary of state saying people are yelling at them same level of uh reporting there of um okay another one from this is uh russia today.com rt this basil we we i don't know if people are listening to us and trying to i don't know man rt.com russian authorities to investigate after forged negative covid19 test certificates oh no found on sale for 33 dollars each Oh my gosh. <laughs> if you uh, have been listening to our past episodes, we talked about the uh, negative COVID, or at least the negative, or I'm sorry, the COVID 19 certificates, like the pieces of paper they're going to hand out, or little cards that say you got vaxxed. Yeah. And we were talking about how, hey, hey, people out there, get ready, get, you know, make the, the, co- yeah. the counterfeit. Get your, get your Photoshop ready. Yeah. Get your Photoshop ready. Make sure people have a copy of the thing. Uh, and, and then just to make things a little bit more interesting, sell it for $33 each. Yeah, that's so <laughs> funny. That is very suspicious. Because, yeah, I feel like if you were going to make, uh, you know, fake uh, negative COVID-19 test certificates and sell them, I feel like you could charge much more than $33. That is definitely a signaling price. Yeah, and also it is... It is uh well this is translated to 2500 rubles which is $33 each. Wow. Yeah, so maybe I should order some of these. You, well, then <laughs> it just arrives in just Russian. In, yeah, just in case oh, you Oh, I got a negative test. Look. <laughs> just in case you find yourself in Russia, Mother Russia. Yeah. yeah. I so, just say I I got test, tested by Russians. Oh, that that'll be really people will be very <laughs> confident that you're negative. Okay, one more quick 33 update in this one. NBCnews.com. And this is a uh, 
a little video slash audio clip. Tonight, 33 million Californians hours away from a lockdown. There it is. 33 million Californians. Wow. I'm pretty sure California's population is a little bit more than that. Or maybe it was 32.9 or something. Yeah, well, there's like 10 million in LA alone. No, 30. Okay, so in 2018, it was 39 million. Yeah. So what what happened to the... Well, I know a bunch of people left, but did 6 million people leave? Well, from what I've heard, the the lockdown doesn't go into effect in every place in California. Oh, just as Uh, long as it covers 33 million Californians. (laughs) Yes, they they just picked that number and went with it. I was going to ask, how is the lockdown going? It's Vax Week in the UK and California just had its lockdown start a couple days ago. Are you, you doing okay over there? I don't notice anything different. Yeah. I don't think people are really buying it. I th- I really think uh, Newsom messed up with uh, you know going to the French Laundry and so silly. I, I think yeah. he messed it up. I think he messed up any kind of authority he had. There's a few people that are like, "Oh, Gavin's doing the right thing for us," and you know they're virtue signaling on Twitter or whatever. But right. I think for the most part, people are like, "Yeah, th- none of this makes any sense." So yeah. yeah, good thing. Even in California, folks, I know people bash California. But uh, I, I, you, there's people at least are waking my, up, man. Yeah, it took it, it took Californians a little bit longer, but they're <laughs> starting to wake up. Yeah, and we do have the the clip and the story of the the sheriff. In, yeah, um, I'll continue my uh, you know my praise of of sheriffs yeah. as the coolest law enforcement agencies in America. Yeah, and we'll get there eventually in the actual Vax Week section. Uh, yeah. But for now, just remember. NBC News tells us 33 million Californians are prepared for lockdown. I think this scares other parts of the country more than the people here. You know, the Californians are like, yeah, whatever. And, yeah. uh, but then the other parts of the, the country are like, oh, the Californians are going on lockdown. Where well, from how I've, from how I've heard it described, um, you know, the lockdowns are not, it's not a stay at home order. It's a lockdown on businesses. Well, it's supposed it's, it's an to be economic lockdown. Yeah, it's supposed to. Well, it's it's <laughs> the effects of it. I think it is kind of a stay at home thing, but they're not making it. If you read the actual paper and everything, it's very yeah. uh, it's very loose on exactly what you're supposed to do. And, you know, so I don't know. Yeah. People are people. Well, that's that's what I was reading, too. It sounded like they're they're focusing on closing down businesses and, lip, you know, restricting occupancy and stuff like that. But it's not like a strict don't come out of your house. No exercising allowed. No walking dogs, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, like it was the first time around with the lockdowns. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, and also we're going to move on from some of the 33 updates here. We have a called it called it. And this is Reuters.com directed radio frequency, plausible cause of Havana syndrome. U.S. government oh, report. Finds. Wow. They're kind of coming out with some declassification or something. Yeah. So uh, this is interesting. Let me read a little bit of it. Directed in quotes. Radio frequency is the most plausible explanation for mysterious symptoms experienced by diplomats. Stationed in U.S. embassies in Havana and elsewhere, a U.S. government report said on Saturday, the symptoms appear, quote, to be consistent with the effects of directed pulsed radio frequency energy, said the report by the National Academics of Science, uh, Sciences <laughs> Engineering. 
Diplomats in some postings have been plagued with nausea, headaches, dizziness, and other uh, unexplained symptoms. This Havana syndrome has long been the subject of intense speculation, given the nature of the symptoms, the location of the posting, and the silence of the U.S. government. And, of course, people like us and the conspiracy theorists were saying this was some kind of directed uh, energy weapon or or voice-to-skull technology for ever since the beginning. We were like, oh, yeah, that's probably what it is. Yeah, well, that's what I love about this. It's, <laughs> you know, uh, directed energy, voice to skull, uh, radio frequency weaponry being used, conspiracy theory. And now they're coming out and saying radio, <laughs> directed radio frequency is the most plausible explanation <laughs> for mysterious. Like, yeah, that's what we're saying. <laughs> Saying it for a where long once time. it was conspiracy theory now it is the most plausible explanation you know it's funny too because on twitter i noticed that reuters tweeted this out like their official account and mm-hmm. a lot of the responses were like what what does that even mean what what are you talking about <laughs> it's like you come know on, folks I feel like we're going to be getting a lot more of this in the next, uh, who knows, maybe a couple of years where they're just suddenly going to be talking about conspiracy theories just as the most plausible explanation. Because, I mean, on <laughs> from our point of view, these quote unquote conspiracy theories, they just are the most plausible explanation yeah. compared to official stories or, you know, the, the mainstream narrative or whatever you want to call it. We don't talk about these theories because they're implausible. We talk about them because they are the most plausible explanation. Occam's razor. So I feel like we're going to, yeah, I feel like we're going to be hearing more and more of this. Yeah. Speaking of stuff that we covered a long time ago. Aliens. This is uh, jewishpress.com, and actually I'm seeing on Twitter, Galactic Federation is trending because of this story. (laughs) Not again. Not again. Uh, Former head of Israel's space program, the aliens asked not to be revealed. Humanity not yet ready. Oh, I've heard that before. Yeah. Professor Haim Ashed served from 1981 to 2010 as the head of Israel's security space program and over the years received the Israel Security Award three times, twice for confidential technological inventions. So if he went nuts, and this uh, possibility is always open, it had to have happened over the past decade. Interesting, uh, Interesting way to put that. And the reason we think the good professor may have lost his marbles has to do with an interview he gave seven days ago, the Shabbat edition of Yedioth. Aharonoth, Israel's largest circulation for-pay newspaper, in which he said, quote, Aliens have asked not to announce that they are here. Humanity is not ready. And here is, uh, uh, here's some of the quotes there. Uh, the UFOs have asked not to publish that they are here. What, here's the thing that's funny. Isn't that exactly what you're doing by saying that? Aren't you basically saying that they're here? Yeah. Uh, Anyway, humanity is not ready. Trump was on the verge of revealing, but the aliens in the Galactic Federation are saying, wait, let the people calm down first. They don't want to start mass hysteria. They want to first make us sane and understand. 
That's so it sounds funny. like this guy is directly disobeying his yeah. Galactic Federation orders. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna get zapped. Mm, watch out! They have been waiting for humanity to evolve and reach a stage where we will generally understand what space and spaceships are. There's an agreement between the U.S. government and the aliens. They signed a contract with us to do experiments here. They too are researching and trying to understand the whole universe. Where I lost my spot. The whole fabric of the universe. And they want us as helpers, slaves. There's an underground base in the depths of Mars where their representatives are and also uh, our American astronauts. If I had come up with what I'm saying today five years ago, I would have been hospitalized. (laughs) Wherever I've gone with this in academia, they've said the man has lost his mind. Today, they're already taking uh, or already talking differently. I have nothing to lose. I've received my degrees and awards. Uh, I am respected in universities abroad where the trend is also changing. Uh, and it kind of goes on here and, and gets into some different things. Um, uh, you know, just uh, examples from um, uh, entertainment and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. here's the thing about this whole concept of uh, the story about aliens and especially coming out of Israel is very fascinating because uh, a little while ago, I think this was 2015, when I published this video, it was called ETs in Jewish Mysticism, How an Alien Savior Can Arise in Modern Judaism. And uh, I'll play a little clip here from Rev. Uh, Michael Lightman. And we've played it before. I've played it multiple times on various occasions. But it's good to revisit, especially if you're new. You may have uh, not caught this back in 2015 when we were looking at it. And uh, this is actually translated. So you're listening to the translator talk. And so let me just play uh, about a minute or so of what this guy, uh, Rabbi Michael Lightman, says about aliens. Okay. We have to wake up. We have to remember that we have a special mission. And really, this isn't our place. We're coming from a completely different place. So we have to find our friends according to this awakening. Did you get a phone call? I got a phone call. He got a phone call and so on. And then we gather as a group. So from this entire planet, we are aliens. We're coming from a different galaxy. We received this ray of light, this awakening individually. And now we're gathering as groups starting to prep ourselves to conquer earth okay did you catch that basil we're trying to conquer earth yes so according to rabbi michael lightman the israelites the jewish people are the aliens they are Uh the aliens that came from let me continue on here because he talks about some more here that's the mission what you don't see it how do we conquer it how do we conquer it? We're also sent the method. We're being shown everything gradually. We're being taught. Not taught, but kind of being uh, trained, activated. And then the, um, that emotion and mind awakens in us. But in fact, it's new to us, but in fact, it's coming from our original planet. And thanks to that original natural force we have, we will. Uh, take over we'll take over those living on earth <laughs> so whoa what what event is he speaking at what is this 
it's what is some, the purpose of this? It's some conference thing he was doing in front of, it's a big crowd too. This is back in 2014. Uh, it's, it's called Israeli, Israeli nation lesson with rabbi Michael Lightman. And it's, it's a whole press room. It's not just like a so little thing. He's a rabbi who's claiming that the Jewish people are aliens sent to conquer the earth. Yep. Wow. That, so we <laughs> couldn't get away with that in 2020. Well, he can either get away with it or it's going to be, you know, the big thing. And uh, it, I happen to think that maybe part of all this, uh, even this guy coming out and starting to talk about it, this, uh, what's his name? Professor Haim Eshed. Uh-huh. Uh, more and more people are talking about it and, and it all seems to surround Israel. And I, I, there's got to be something there. You know, there's got to be something interesting. where, because one of the early theories when I first started looking into all this and I you know, ran into L.A. Marzulli's work and uh, discovered Derek Gilbert's work and, and just early, early on when I was trying to make sense of this whole alien thing, uh, mm-hmm. the conversation was, how is there ever going to be like a one world religion? How, how are people going to go? It's not Catholicism. You can't just, you know, they're not going to be, oh, hey. All of a sudden, all these Muslims are going to turn to Catholics. And, and, but the alien conversation is sort of a, a, a level, a, a thing that levels the playing field, right? Everybody has to sort of abide if there's some kind of hard proof about aliens and we come from the stars and whatever. If that narrative somehow is proven to the world, then uh-huh. all monotheistic religions kind of collapses in into this alien idea. Right. And the Vatican's been on top of it for decades with their, you know, they have their Lucifer telescope and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Uh, Islam has their, interestingly, they have their eschatology and it's not precisely aliens, but they, they kind of have that, uh, the echoes of even biblical eschatology that yeah. would align with it. So I, I'm just saying, and especially at this time when we're starting to vaccinate everybody and it's starting to look like not a mandatory vaccine quite yet in, in verbiage anyway. Yeah, but it, it's possible in the next few decades, uh, people are really uh, genetically messed up to the point where, yeah, release the aliens because a lot of people are genetically changed. You know, so I don't know, just something to throw out there. I'm not saying this yeah. is hard evidence. No, but- that's very interesting. I don't know if I had heard that guy before, but um, uh, I'm sorry, I'm referring to the guy who's the Lightman. Saying- Jews are aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, this is interesting. And again, this isn't just any old guy talking about, uh, you know, uh, aliens exist and they're waiting and they're here to teach us, et cetera, et cetera. He was the head of the Israeli space program for like 30 years or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This guy, the professor Haim Eshed. So I really think they're preparing the masses for a quote unquote disclosure of some kind. And it's the narrative has been put in movies and TV shows. It's uh, if you watch the beginning of Prometheus, you know, it was like an alien being, he drinks this black goo yeah, and he, you know, dies and falls into the river and, you know, the, the evolution took place and that's where humanity is from. If you watch the movie, Lucy at the end of the movie, uh, Lucy, you know, basically this black goo comes out of a supercomputer and they merge and apotheosis and, you know, the, the, they become gods and mm-hmm. it's like the, the narrative is just there in our face over and over and over again. And now 
you know, as we mentioned and have mentioned before, it's all, it's all sort of like, uh, uh, documentaries, you know, all these science fiction shows are just documenting what they plan to do or what they want to do. And so I'm not saying that that's how it's going to play out, but very interesting story. It's certainly one big step towards some sort of disclosure. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy disclosure. Okay, Gons. Well, I think in honor of uh, Vax Week over there in the UK, I think we should talk about the vaccines a little bit. A pandemic special. <laughs> okay, we're going to start out. Oop, if I can load this article. There we go. So, uh, let's start out with this article from independent.co.uk, coming straight from the source, baby. Now, we've talked a lot about the Pfizer vaccine, which uh, is the one that the UK will be implementing starting this week. And so, let's hear a little bit about uh, this whole situation. The article is titled, Coronavirus Vaccine, Pfizer Given Protection from Legal Action by UK Government. No. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> the UK government has granted pharmaceutical giant Pfizer a legal indemnity, protecting it from being sued, enabling its coronavirus vaccine to be rolled out across the country as early as next week. When this, was this, this was written? last week. It's about yes, four or five okay. days old. So, yeah. Got it. Yeah. So, this week, the Department of Health and Social Care has confirmed the company has been given an indemnity protecting it from legal action as a result of any problems with the vaccine. Mm -hmm. Ministers have also changed the law in recent weeks to give new protections to companies such as Pfizer, giving them immunity from being sued by patients in the event of any complications. They just repeated themselves three times. That's what I was going to say. That's crazy. <laughs> That's some crazy said. pounding mind control. <laughs> it really is. Three times the charm. NHS staff providing the vaccine as well as manufacturers of the drug are also protected. Wow. Everybody all the way down to the bottom from the top to the bottom is protected. The vaccine will be made available to anyone over the age of 16, but will not be available to pregnant, pregnant women because of the lack of data about how it could affect them and the baby. An ongoing trial is looking at this. The Pfizer BioNTech vaccine was authorized by the Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency on Tuesday under Regulation 174 of the Human Medicine Regulations 2012, which allows an unlicensed medication to be used in an emergency such as a pandemic. It also has the effect of granting civil immunity to Pfizer after the government changed the regulations following a short three-week consultation in September. In a press conference with journalists on Wednesday, Ben Osborne, Pfizer's UK managing director, refused to explain why the company needed an indemnity. No kidding. He said, quote, we're not actually disclosing any of the details around any of the aspects of that agreement and specifically around the liability clauses. Well, that's totally fine, everybody. Don't ask questions. We're not going to answer them. That's really egregious. That's maybe the most worrying sentence That's, I've read in a while. It's like, you can't sue us and we won't tell you why. You and can't we won't sue us. tell you why we need protection from you. Oh, this is horrible. Yeah. We laugh, but it's bad. Yeah. 
Asked about when the full data on the vaccine's clinical trial would be published, the company said this was still being worked on. Okay, good. More non-answers from Pfizer. I like how they Doc- don't publish the clinical trials, but they're rolling out the vaccines first. They this don't is- publish the clinical trials. They don't publish the uh, the documents on their indemnity. They don't publish anything. Here's a vaccine. Get it if you're a good person, and if you don't... Go away. (laughs) Dr. Berkeley Phillips, medical director for Pfizer UK, said, quote, the publication is in progress. The priority absolutely had to be the regulatory submissions to MHRA, EMA and the FDA. That was the most important thing we needed to do. The full protocol is published and available for everyone to see, and the team are working on the publication of the manuscript in parallel to the regulatory submissions. Notice how they're so proud that the protocol is published. Just not the data, the the results. The chief executive of the Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency, speaking at a separate briefing on Wednesday, said no corners had been cut in the safety analysis of the vaccine. Oh, that's good. Except for the usual, you know, four years it takes to do the (laughs) testing. Other than cutting it down by three and a half years, no corners have been cut. Did you have something to say? No, no. Continue, okay. please. June Rain said, quote, this recommendation has only been given by the MHRA following the most rigorous scientific assessment of every piece of data. So that meets the required strict standards of safety and effectiveness of quality. Quote, we've also reviewed and agreed the prescribing information so that the public and healthcare professionals are very clear and can be very confident that the vaccine is being used in the correct way, understanding what's involved. That's a funny way of saying we included instructions with the vaccine. Yeah. She said that National Institute for Biological Standards would be independently testing every single vaccine that goes out. Wow. To ensure that it meets safety standards, the Department of Health and Social Care confirmed an indemnity was in place for Pfizer and added that the government would be adding the coronavirus vaccine to the list of vaccinations covered by the Vaccine Damages Payment Act. This pays out a one off hundred and twenty thousand pound payment to people who are permanently disabled or harmed as a result of a listed vaccination. So there you go. Don't worry if you become a quadriplegic because of this vaccine, you'll get 120,000 pounds, which should pay for about six months of your (laughs) physical therapy. Um, Wow. So there you go. This doesn't actually come as a surprise, but it's just good to put it on record. Uh, Not only that it is, uh, of course, they have legal indemnity from being sued, as most uh, vaccine companies already do in the U.S., but that, uh, you know, the when a problem occurs, you will get the meager amount, (laughs) the lowest possible payment that they could legally get away with. Yeah, and this just hit the news, I guess, about an hour ago. Uh, Mm -hmm. According to the New York Times, Trump administration officials passed when Pfizer offered uh, in the summer to sell the U.S. more coronavirus vaccine doses, people familiar with the matter said, which is always kind of whatever. Now Mm -hmm. Pfizer may not be able to provide more doses to the U.S. until next June. Oh, no. Lockdown forever. (laughs) So there you go. That's uh, Wow. Uh, yeah, again, not surprising. 
but man, this, this type of thing, this is why, and, and a lot of vaccine companies have had protections like this. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad we're, we're putting it on record because it should alarm anybody, even your normie friends. It should at least yeah. put a little rock in their shoe, you know, just a little skepticism. It, well, knowing that it, they can't be legally held accountable for anything. And guns, I, I, it's been a while since I've done the research on the, uh, the vaccine courts where you can, uh, you know, try to get your, your meager payments. If a vaccine really screws you up. Um, my understanding is that that's not actually paid for by the company, that it's a, it's a government organization, right? Yeah. So in, so if a vaccine made by Pfizer does something horrible to you, you can't sue Pfizer, but you can uh, sort of appeal to the vaccine courts and get some sort of compensation. But I believe if I remember correctly, which I could be incorrect, but if I remember correctly, it's taxpayer dollars paying for the mess ups of the vaccine company, which again, in America, that's also not very surprising. How much was the little fund they have? Wasn't it? Haven't they spent like four point five billion already? Yeah, it's been over four billion over the over a few decades, which is surprisingly small. It is small, and I think it's yeah. very difficult to even get that money. You have to really they they put you through the rigmarole. It, it takes years. Yeah, to it do. takes years, yeah. and it's it's very selective on who they give the money to. If oh, they give yeah. it to the well, wrong it's person. Like, <laughs> it's like insurance too, you know. They'll yeah. they'll nitpick every little detail and protocol to make sure that they don't have to give you money. Well, I'm sure if uh, if we get unwittingly jabbed and there's some complication with you and I, Basil, uh-huh. we're not going to get the we're no, not going to get the government bailout no, money. <laughs> no compensation for us. They'll take a look at our social media history and they will say, no, we hope you die. (laughs) That'll be their take. But uh, yeah. yeah. Um, Okay. So more along the Wakchin trail. Oh yeah. Newyorkpost.com. De Blasio urges New Yorkers to embrace COVID-19 vaccine at (laughs) at Bronx church service. Okay. So here's what it says. Yeah. Um, what is he doing talking at a church service? I don't know. I don't know. The devil may be in the details, but he's not in the coming coronavirus vaccine. Uh, a Bronx city councilman and mayor Bill de Blasio said during a Sunday church service, vowing to show New Yorkers the shot is nothing to fear. Quote, I know there's some people that are afraid, said Democratic councilman Fernando Cabrera during service. Uh, during services at the New Life Outreach International Church, which he also serves as pastor. Quote, I want to tell everybody you're not getting the 666 in this vaccine, okay? <laughs> he continued invoking. Did he the- really say the 666? Yeah, that's- Sounds like he had a, a, some researcher try to explain it to him before uh, he had to speak. Sounds like he doesn't read the Bible. People don't even read their Bible. The six six six. Yeah, I don't know. He continued invoking the biblical number of the beast. Invoking a eh? quote. I want to tell you straight up: there is no six six six. There's no conspiracy. I'll be the first one to get it if I'm allowed to. Yay! 
Yeah, Cabrera, right. <laughs> Cabrera sang the shots praises at the Morris Avenue church one day after the post reported bombshell survey findings that more than half of a city, uh, ha- more than half of city firefighters would refuse the vaccine. He then brought on de Blasio repeatedly urging the sleepy Sunday morning crowd to make some more noise after his, his owner was greeted with muted applause. <laughs> Please clap. <laughs> yeah. To assure the flock that healthiness is next to godliness. Quote, oh my gosh. In a matter of days, the first vaccine arrives in New York City, said de Blasio, seemingly volunteering himself and Cabrera to demonstrate that the vaccine is not harmful. When it's our turn, council member, you and I will be there together and we'll show people that it's safe and that it's going to bring us forward, he said. A city what hall spokes. What do you mean, bring us forward? <laughs> bring us forward to highly evolved. Transhuman yes, will alien reptiles cause a mass evolution and we will ascend as light beings. <laughs> a city hall spokeswoman confirmed a spokeswoman confirmed in a statement that de Blasio would indeed take the shot publicly in order to build confidence in its safety. Uh, as uh, quote, as the mayor indict, uh, indict, what is this? Indicate indict, indicted, indicted, indicted today. Uh, he will take the vaccine in a public setting with community leaders to show New Yorkers that it's safe and affected. Uh, effective. Sorry, I'm rushing through here. The polls boosted the vaccine in the wake of a new survey of 2,053 members of the Uniformed Fighter Fi- Firefighters Association Union and found 55% would not get the potentially life-saving shot. Mm. The overall number of responses accounts for about a quarter of the UFA's total membership. Uh, the skepticism extends to the general public with 20% of New Yorkers saying it in a recent department of health poll that they would not get the vaccine and 27% saying they are unsure. Uh, there you go. More about Pfizer and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, there yeah. you go. They're trying to really, you know, this again, to Blasio, this vaccine doesn't have the six, six, six in it. I, I, I'm very appalled. Maybe I shouldn't be. I mean, nothing this surprises kind me. Kind of anymore. insulting that he would try to make yeah. this case and do it so poorly. Do it poorly, and also, well, th- that was the uh, the the pastor there of the church mm-hmm. that actually said that Cabrera. Oh, oh, it wow. wasn't De Blasio himself, but uh, I mean, in uh, you know, I'm sure De Blasio was like, "Hey, you got to tell him." Gotta you got to tell, tell him it's, the 666. It's not the devil. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it, it's alarming to me and it should be alarming to everybody out there. That's again, skeptical of this whole thing. Normie friends, whatever that all these politicians are like, Oh, Hey, hey here, let, let me take the vaccine first. Look at me. Nothing's going to happen. Yeah. That, that in itself should be as, as if anybody buys it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's just weird. It's a weird thing. And, and yeah. it should raise more skepticism. Not you know less. what it is, is it's, it's more of a virtue signaling it's than totally, it is anything else. Totally. Because to the people who are already bought in and want to get the first round of the vaccine and are standing, they're camping out in front of the vaccine dispensary. Like it's a new iPhone. <clears throat> oh, I don't, Choking on myself. Uh-oh. You got, they, they zapped you with the Rona. Oh, too much spit. Um, yeah. You know, for those people who are already into it, they're like, oh, look, oh, he's such a good politician. He's going to take it to convince all those Trump supporters that they should take it. <laughs> when in fact, it literally, I, I would be willing to bet 
that there's not a single person who wasn't planning on getting the vaccine that is convinced by that. That would be a great sociological paper, you know, a few years from now, somebody mm-hmm. studying sociology, see how much this campaign of policy politicians mm-hmm. uh, actually changed the minds of the people. Yeah. I would, That's I would the say thing. These politicians, I think they're realizing that they can't, they don't really change the minds of anybody. They're more of a product. I feel like, you know, because a politician, what do they do? They say what they got to say to get elected. They don't say something to change other people's minds. You know, they're all, they're just saying what polling and their uh, their researchers say is a good thing to say to keep getting elected. And I feel yeah. like that's that's one of the things that kind of irks me the most is when uh, you know somebody's like, "Oh, I love this politician." You don't say. You, here's what you don't hear. What you do hear is, "Oh, I love that politician. He's just saying what we're all thinking." You hear that, yeah. but you don't hear, oh, I just love that politician. He's saying new things that I've never thought of before and has really changed my mind. Yeah, that almost never happens. And I'd be surprised if it ever does happen. But You know who changes minds? Who? Podcasters. Oh, you know, you know who changed my mind? Who? Santa Claus. Oh, no. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Express.co.uk Santa to get COVID vaccine first so he can deliver Christmas gifts. Van Tam tells children. What? Are you you convinced? (laughs) Oh, Santa's getting the vaccine now? Yeah. Well, if Santa gives it, (laughs) then I gives it. Uh, That's hilarious. Oh, I know. This is, uh, let's see. Jennifer from St. Albans told Professor Jonathan Van Tam that her three children have been asking if Father Christmas will get the coronavirus vaccine. Professor Van Tam, Father Christmas. Yeah, Professor Van Tam stated that the Joint Committee on Vaccination and Immunization has made special consideration for Santa. Wow. Speaking on the BBC, caller Jennifer said. Okay, so they're just reiterating the whole point there. Now, uh, that's kind of sick. That does come across that, as a little sick to me. Yeah, this is the deputy chief medical officer for England saying, oh, it's okay, children. Santa will get the vaccine. He'll be wow. all right. That's pretty crazy. That is it some is, mind control to the highest order. Yeah, you know how people always say, oh, you're lying to your children about Santa. <laughs> How about lying to your children uh, to the degree to get, you know, to accept the vaccine? It's a whole different <laughs> level of, of uh, craziness. And yeah. like, oh, you better, you better, uh, you better be good. You Santa's know, the kids watching. who don't believe in Santa, they're going to be in a, you know, they're the rebels. I know. But yeah. they're also naughty. Yeah. So. They're being watched. Yeah. Okay, wow. yeah. There you okay, go. let's move on. Moving on. Oh man, that that's probably the most depressing part of the show right there. <laughs> Santa's getting his vax to that's, make sure the kids get it. That's the dip right there yeah. the show. As Poor if Cuba. Santa sorry. No, go ahead. As if Santa As if Santa could make a children like getting a needle jabbed into them any any more than they hate it. Hey Johnny, Santa got it, so can you. Yeah. Okay, mommy, I guess so. All right, one last Waxine story here. Oh, wait, I was gonna, my whole thing with the pointing out the kids was to play this clip here. We're taking things that are 
genetically modified organisms and we're injecting them in little kids' arms. We just shoot them right into the vein. Right into, right the, into vein. the vein. Right into, right into the little vein. kids' right arms. Into the vein. Yeah. Yeah. He's sick. Sick. Yeah. All right. Waxing time. And waxing. 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 Okay, lastly, coming from the hill.com here, employers debate whether to require COVID-19 vaccine for workers. And this might be the most important part of the conversation here, because, of course, we know that the economic lockdowns are the most brutal part of this whole thing. And uh, let's get into some more public manipulation here. Companies will soon face a tough decision. Sorry, <laughs> the what video the video started auto playing, and I oh. think it reads the article, so it, it defeated it. the purpose of having you around. Oh no! Companies <laughs> will soon face a tough decision about whether to require their employees to get vaccinated for COVID nineteen as a condition for returning to work. Oh man. I've never been so happy to be a podcaster. New polling shows that nearly 60% of Americans said they would get the vaccine up from 50% in September, but still far below the amount needed to fuel a robust economic recovery. (laughs) Notice how it's just about the economic recovery and not protecting us against uh, COVID-19. Employers believe they are on firm legal ground to mandate vaccinations, but that doesn't mean enforcement won't be without its challenges, particularly given the backlash in some parts of the country uh, to mask mandates and smaller groups opposed to vaccinations of any kind. Quote, companies can require it, yes, but they may bump up against legal limits. COVID is such uncharted territory that as we see employers acting, as we see others acting, more edges in the law are being articulated, said Allison Hoffman, stated like a true lawyer, (laughs) University of Pennsylvania Cary Law School professor. Some business groups are starting to get out in front of the issue by voicing public support for vaccination requirements. See, this is the problem when you get corporations supporting the government uh, in this way. It really screams as like, you know, the two slave masters are colluding to make sure everybody obeys. Jay Timmons, CEO of the National Association of Manufacturers, stressed that the vaccine is needed to protect essential personnel. Interesting. It's the Association of Manufacturers. Don't they know it's all going to be robots like in two years? Anyways, Mm. robots don't need a vaccine. Jay Timmons, CEO of the National Association of Manufacturers, stressed that the vaccine is needed to protect essential personnel, including manufacturing workers, and that his group would be Uh, would back member companies implementing vaccination requirements. Quote, while there are likely legal concerns with blanket mandates, if any of our members believed that a requirement at their company was the right thing to do, we would certainly support that within the bounds of the law, because America's future depends on folks rolling up their sleeves in a new way. Timmons told The Hill, the legal limits uh, that employers could run up against are related to the American Disabilities Act, the ADA, and Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which allow for employee vaccination exemptions under certain health and religious reasons. The Equal Employment Opportunity Commission in March said an employer covered by the ADA and Title VII 
can't compel all of its employees to take a vaccine. Quote, the commission continues to closely monitor the developments of a COVID-19 vaccine and is actively evaluating how a potential vaccine would interact with employers' obligations under the Americans with Disabilities Act, Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, and other laws and uh, the commission enforces. Christina Sa-Nazir, an EEOC spokeswoman, told The Hill. President-elect Joe Biden, uh-oh, weighed in on the debate this past week, though not about workers specifically. Quote, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't uh, demand it to be mandatory, Biden said at a news conference in Wilmington, Delaware. Just like I don't think masks have to be made mandatory nationwide. Quote, I'll do everything in my power as president of the United States to encourage people to do the right thing. And when they do it, demonstrate that it matters. But what if they don't do it, Joe? What are you going to do then? Barry Furrow, director of the health law program at Drexel University Klein School of Law, said employers can mandate vaccinations at their peril. (laughs) Quote, employers can say we can do it, but they'd be foolish to do it in the face of resistance. Our culture is so resistant to being told what to do, he said. Amen. Delta CEO Ed Bastian predicted that getting the COVID-19 vaccine will become a requirement for international travel, but that for now, the airline will just encourage its employees to get it. Oh, yikes. Quote, we're going to strongly encourage that airline employees get all vaccinated. Yada, yada, yada. Okay, let's see here. I think we're just going to be hearing the same thing from a bunch of different business leaders. Uh, Quote, I think a lot of this will come down to how aggressive employers are with mandates. How are people feeling about the vaccine? How much time will, uh, will there be for people to get comfortable with the vaccine? I think if employees feel safe, it will reduce the expansionary effect, Hoffman said. Rob Wilson, president of EmployCo USA and human resources expert, said employees should expect some companies, especially large corporations or frontline industries, to require they get the vaccine. It's a serious liability. This is a quote, not just financially, but also when it comes to alerting your staff and customers, making sure you're uh, doing your due diligence to protect everyone under your company umbrella, Wilson said. He added that company sponsored injection sites. Woo! And reminders about taking a vaccine by a certain date are likely to start popping up soon. The head of the Consumer Brands Association, which has asked the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention for vaccine priority for its industry, said he is optimistic that requiring workers in the consumer packaged goods industry to take the vaccine won't be necessary. Quote, based on flu clinic participation, we are optimistic about industry employees' desire to receive the vaccine, hopefully offsetting any need for a mandate, said Jeff Freeman, the association's CEO. Quote, that being said, we're in the first inning with the vaccine and we expect confidence to grow significantly as more information is provided over the coming months. Um, I think that's just about it. The U.S. plans to immunize 100 million people by the end of February, a number based on the number of vaccines that could be available from Moderna and Pfizer-BioNTech. Former presidents Barack Obama, George W. Bush, and Clinton are offering to receive vaccinations on camera to build public trust. Ooh. 
So there you go, Gons. Uh, there is uh, people or these com- these industry leaders sound pretty confident that they can mandate vaccines uh, or at least be sufficiently uh, uh, <laughs> convincing Checked legally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is problematic in the the economic front here not just for because is i mean look at the walls closing in here you had small businesses being destroyed because of the lockdowns and now you have people that are actually employed by some of these bigger companies being forced to make decisions about their health uh my body my choice except for when you get a jab right and and they're going to be you know the the social stigma is going to be just as bad it already is but i i just man this is just really because people are going to not want to work there's going to be a lot of people quitting you know their jobs and unemployment is probably going to get worse before it gets better here but i really think that part of and connecting it to the whole you know reptilian idea here uh the changing of the genetics you know maybe not a direct change of the dna but we just don't have enough information about how this affects us in generations from now and clearly there's been a rise in autism and there have been some studies that show a connection to vaccines as part of the reason why we are uh, increasing in uh, in 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 um, that problem. Oh, guns! You're getting in bannable territory. I know, now. I know, I know. And the percentage, and again, it goes into this idea of like, hey, if we can get a whole bunch of people to genetically be worse off than they were before, <laughs> and not just with vaccines either, it's our food. I mean, clearly our food is genetically modified already. Right. Um, so I, I just think if, if you're considering in the context or the framework of how do you control populations and how do you do it without some kind of overt war, you can't just like kill them all. You got to get them to accept it. This would be a, a perfect way. Put out a, a faulty virus out there and then well, you're going all out. the way to the top to the depopulation plan huh we should invite fewer people to be born that's the idea uh, you that's got the me. idea so yeah well you know in the context of this uh, can companies mandate the vaccine or will they versus you know kind of making the government do it i see this as sort of a, a round one of testing mandates. I I kind of feel at this point, you know, the government isn't going to come right out and mandate the vax right away. I've never really thought that they were going to do that. At least they couldn't, you know, in in our, at least in America, it would be very difficult for the government to do that. I mean, they kind of do already at some points, they can't like show up at your house legally and do that. Although, you know, in a, in a state of emergency, they have all sorts of legal rights that they usually don't have, but you know, the round one would be, Hey, you're get the corporations, you know, it's, you can either work or don't get vexed. You can't have both. Right. Right. But what this does open up in an interesting way, um, considering the in the legal liability arena, if something bad does happen from the vaccine, especially on the first round, you know, it's it, the first round of a rushed vaccine is sketchy on its own. I mean, take away all the other stuff, you know, mm. just the fact 
even if you're a vaccine lover, you know, the a rushed vaccine, a first round of a rushed vaccine, it has a certain amount of risk that can't be denied. And so given the fact that the vaccine companies uh, are indemnified from any legal action, if a corporation does mandate their people, you know, get vaccinated or you're fired type of situation. Mm -hmm. I'm really curious if this opens up those corporations to liability. Um, well, Cause you know, probably, yeah, it's probably going to have to be, it'll be tough the, it, that, you know, because companies can fire you for many different reasons and yeah. it doesn't have to be, anything that uh but they also can't fire you for many different reasons true That's you know true. they can't just fire you for no reason yeah. Um, and if they do, you know, you can get a settlement on that. Yeah. And so true. that'll be interesting to see if there's some vaccine, uh, you know, anti-vax people. Maybe they'll claim uh, Title seven or uh, ADA or something like that where they don't have to get vaccinated. And then who knows? Well, so they probably I have a feeling that it's going to take about a year for some sort of mandate to come around. Yeah. Plus. I think companies can kind of get away with the remote uh, work situation that we have now where, you know, companies are still in business, but a lot of people aren't meeting in offices. They're doing remote work. And why would you need to get a vaccine if you can just call in from home? Sure. All your yeah, that's a good point. So, yeah, that's a really good point. If you're working from home, why would you even bother? So it's kind <laughs> you know, of like, and it's, it's a <laughs> vax to come work. Or, you know, stay home, slave. Yeah. And new Maddie in the Twitch chat, who is um, a uh, microbiologist by trade, uh, who's very educated on these things, says, Basil, as a rational thinking scientist, I think you may be underestimating the vaccine side effects, which, uh, yeah, I hadn't taken that into consideration. But I, what I'm saying is I agree. I think that taking this uh, vaccine carries a lot of risks. Um, I, I would be curious to see the the types of numbers that these corporations are running because if you mandate a vaccine for all your employees and then all your vaccine, all your employees are out for three days because of the side <laughs> effects, they're all, they're all getting yeah, sick. You've basically got to shut down your own company for three yeah. days. Yeah. Yeah. That is a good point. That's interesting. Maybe they hadn't considered that. That'll backfire. And it would have to be paid. It'd ha they'd have to be giving everybody paid leave. Yeah. The backfire can't keep the people down. Yeah. Um, I, I moved this story, Bazon, if you saw this, my little, my quick mm. rant here, I moved it up because, um, I, I think it's good before we get into, uh, our little good news okay. uh, and into the break. So let me just do it quickly here. And, um, this is just another one of those pandemic special situations A pandemic special, and it's also concerning science being truth. Science is truth, which is not a scientific statement. Uh, and I, tweeted this whole thread out and I'll go through it very quickly here because I think this is, and please use this as ammunition. When you talk to your normie friends or people that are buying into the vaccine in general, because the vaccine is supposed to be a solution, right? They're, 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 we're already at the solution stage, but you got to look back and think about what brought us here. And part of it is problem and then reaction. Uh, and, 
we've talked about the PCR test or the PCR process multiple mm-hmm. times on this show and other people have brought it out, uh, brought it up all over the place. But yeah. um, this is something I think people need to share with friends and family more because people always, and I hear that we hear that we hear it on the news. We see it on TV. We see it with friends and family. Oh, just listen to the science. Oh, just the, it's science. Just listen to the science lockdown. Oh, it's the science. Wear a mask. Oh, it's the science. You know, the, the virus. Oh, it's the science. And my whole thing has been, there is no consensus amongst scientists. And that's been a fact throughout all of history. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I, I wanted to go through this real quick because there was a group, uh, an international consortium of scientists, 22 of them uh, issued a retraction request to Euro surveillance on November 27th, 2020. Ooh, Euro surveillance. So Euro surveillance was uh, the, the, the journal that, uh, supplied the paper to the world health organization that brought PCRs all over the world to start, you know, testing for the virus for coronavirus. Mm -hmm. It was like the justification paper, like, Oh yeah, look at this. This is how we can identify who has the virus. And they outlined 10 quote fatal problems with the initial report. Again, that was used by the world health organization to justify worldwide PCR quote unquote, testing of COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And the paper says that the original manuscript suffer from numerous technological and scientific errors, including insufficient primer design, uh, problematic and insufficient RT-QPCR protocol in the absence of an accurate test validation. Neither the presented test nor the manuscript itself fulfills the requirements for an acceptable scientific publication. I mean, that's pretty hardcore for a group of scientists to come out and say it. Uh, And the original paper is the Corman Drosten paper. You can go to Corman Drosten review.com and you can get all the information uh, where where I was pulling this from. And so uh, let me go through a couple of the things they pointed out as the problem here. One of them, the authors of the original report did not have an actual sample or sequence of the COVID-19 virus. Instead, they based their findings on a theoretical sequence of the virus supplied by a lab in China to come up with their PCR methodology. So instead of using like the actual uh, sequence virus, like the strain, they used a theoretical sequence that was supplied to them by some random lab in China. Really? That's pretty, that's, that's, not very good science. So the PCR is not even based on a, a real organic like uh, sequence, DNA sequence that they're searching for. It's just yeah, the something original, China gave us. The original, yeah, the the, ori- the, orig- <laughs> the original study that that justified PCR all over the world was not based on the actual COVID nineteen strain there. Um, and the, the this is straight out of their document. They said, quote, we aim to develop and deploy robust diagnostic methodology for use in public health laboratory settings without having virus material available. They admitted in the paper, oh, we don't have any of the virus material, but uh, here, here's what you can do to identify the virus. What? That doesn't make any sense. Okay. Second, um, uh, I'll skim through this real quick, but basically... They said, quote, uh, this is the rebuttal, 
The functionality of the published RT-PCR test was not demonstrated with the use of a positive control. Isolated SARS-CoV-2 RNA, which is an essential scientific gold standard. So, in other words, they didn't provide any examples of the test actually identifying SARS-CoV-2. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bats they used as sort of the, the origin of it were from Europe, not China. And mm-hmm. the other part of the flaw was that the, the gene that they used, and I'm not a scientist, I'm not a biologist, I'm just reading what they published here and, and reporting it to you. According to them, the scientists that rebutted this, uh, the target gene to identify SARS-CoV-1 and 2 was so broad that it detects a variety of SARS viruses. Right. And they actually stated, quote, this is another major design flaw, which classifies the test as unsuitable for diagnosis. Unsuitable. Yeah. So these are sciences. Uh, let me run through here. PCR. We've heard a lot about the PCR tests and the cycles. They basically confirm the idea that anything over 35 cycles is, is not good. Uh, they've even cited other reports or, or uh, articles that suggest that uh, anything over 35 cycles is only detecting dead viruses. And the WHO, the World Health Organization, recommends 45 cycles. So there you go. This is ridiculous. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, the PCR test uh, is something that you know, people, or the, not the test, the process. People have pointed that out about the cycles. And uh, they, the paper even included the uh, a mention, a historical false, quote, outbreak of a respiratory illness back in 2004 to 2006 due to faulty PCR application. So it's almost like they had a test run of this back in 2004 to 2006. This is a PubMed.gov article uh, titled Outbreaks of Respiratory Illness Mistakenly Attributed to to Pertussis, which I think is like the whooping cough, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, and Tennessee, 2004 to 2006. And it was because of the PCR that they were unable, that they falsely said, oh, there's an outbreak, but wasn't yeah, that outbreak. was the funniest part about this whole uh, stream that you put together here was it, the PCR test, as they call it, already caused a false scare of a pandemic. Right. Like 15 years ago. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they have a model to go off of. They, they probably crazy. thought, oh, they can they use, this worked. So let's just go with it a little more. Yeah. The original report did not provide an SOP. That's a standard operating procedure. So that means laboratories can do whatever they want. There's no, there's no basis to which any, you know, all these, there's no standard, which is another problem. And here's, it gets really egregious here. According to those 22 scientists, the original report was not peer reviewed. So Mm. they, they, they submitted the paper on January 21st and it was published by the 23rd, which is pretty quick for, uh, Uh, a scientific paper to go through. And this is them. They they stated, quote, 24 hours are simply not enough to carry out a thorough peer review. Any molecular biologist familiar with RT-PCR design would have easily observed the grave errors present in the Corman-Drosten paper. And uh, there was even a conflict of interest that they pointed out. Uh, Wow. Two authors of the Corman-Drosten paper, Christian Drosten and Chantel Ruskin, are also members of the editorial board of this journal. So, hello, yeah. If you're on the editorial <laughs> board, conflict of interest, anyone? If you're on the editorial board submitting papers, you might have a little uh, uh, advantage to get the paper Real. through. And and just to just to 
get my own self straight here. You're saying this was the paper that was instrumental in getting the PCR test sort of approved as the test for coronavirus. Standardized across the world, at least from Not the Not peer reviewed. Yeah. The, they didn't use an actual isolated, you know, sequence for the virus. No. They gave 24 hours for peer review. And the, one of the guys who wrote it was on the board for the journal. Yeah. So, okay. Problems. Yeah. This sounds legit. Legit. <laughs> sounds legit. <laughs> uh, and they also mentioned that the, the, the original paper said that they had four false positives out of 310 tests. And if you apply the same percentage, which is like 1.6 or 7% or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you apply the same percentage to the number of PCR, uh, quote unquote tests that have been done on Americans, you're talking about about 2.3 million tests that, uh, could be a result of false, uh, false, false positive positives. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. that's a lot. 2.3 million yeah. is a lot. And the, you know, the scientists suggest that that's a low number, that there's probably a lot more than this, uh, low percentage here. Right. And, um, and uh, the, the, the last thing they talked about lockdowns, and this is where it goes into the sheriff's clips here. Um, but they basically stated that lockdowns are quote, increasingly bizarre and illogical restrictions. Those are their words. And they talked about how it, it's only going to cause more inhumane treatment of the populace, especially the elderly reprehensible economic damage and quote, loss of democracy and human rights. These are scientists saying that lockdowns will cause loss of democracy and human rights for anybody that, you know, and if you have friends or family, listen to the scientists. Well, that's what they said. These scientists wow. anyway. Yeah. And so again, there, is there a strain of uh, like a flu like thing out there? Sure. Is it uh, infecting them as many people as they say? I'm highly, maybe, highly maybe skeptical. Not, I'm highly skeptical. Bro, the amount of people that I know personally uh, that have gotten and been uh, who have, uh, you know, healed or whatever is up to six now. I know six people who've had it. And uh, yeah, they're all just saying, yeah, I mean, it felt pretty crummy for a few days and but uh, really no big deal. Not to say that other people haven't passed. Like I said, I know uh, one of my friends, her her grandparents passed from it. Um, but well, that, of that, course, you know, there's <laughs> age issues and COPD yeah. and things involved. But yeah, yeah, everybody else who has had it is uh, they're up and running around now going to super spreader events. Yeah, I have some family uh, or at least extended family that have also passed away from it, allegedly. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I can't dig too much because it's too far removed it's from a family. Sensitive it's, thing. Yeah, it's sensitive. I don't want to get in there and be like, have you seen this paper? Right. Uh, That's not going to help anybody. <laughs> it's not. It's not. But I am skeptical as to, okay, they might have gotten it, but is, was that the main cause of their death? And they they were older, you know, they're they're over 60. And the the point is not, you know, nobody's dying from this. It's that, you know, the death rates generally, at least in our country, have stayed almost exactly the same as past years. And people dying is very unfortunate. And of course, you know, people should take steps to protect themselves. 
Um, but as far as, you know, shutting down an entire economy and taking away people's livelihoods and ability to feed their children, ee, that's where it gets a little sketchy. Yeah. Yeah. That's really the whole point here. And I don't think locking down is the answer. And neither do these sheriffs, or at least this sheriff department Woo, sheriffs! in Riverside County uh, going all in. Let's play a, a quick clip of Chad Bianco, Riverside County Sheriff. We have all recently learned of the new regional approach to combating COVID-19 and the pending closure and stay-at-home orders from our governor. We were also told there was a potential he would be withholding federal and state funding from counties who did not enforce the orders. Ooh. Ironically, it wasn't that long ago our same governor loudly and publicly argued how wrong it was for the president of the United States to withhold federal funding from states not complying with federal laws. The dictatorial attitude toward California residents while dining in luxury, traveling, Oof. keeping his business open, and sending his kids to in-person private schools is very telling about his attitude toward California residents, his feelings about the virus, and it is extremely hypocritical. Mm. These closures and stay-at-home orders are flat-out ridiculous. The metrics used for closures are unbelievably faulty and are not representative of true numbers and are disastrous for Riverside County. When the medical field is so split about this virus, it might be time to employ a little common sense. Keeping money and support from our hospitals, who are struggling with normal, seasonal increases in patients, coupled with COVID-19 patients, is irresponsible. It appears part of the new goal is to shift attention away from his and others' personal behavior with a do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do attitude by turning public opinion against California sheriffs. He is expecting us to arrest anyone violating these orders, cite them and take their money, close their businesses, make them stay in their homes, and take away their civil liberties, or he will punish all of us. I believe that all jobs are essential to someone. Leaders do not threaten, attempt to intimidate, or cause fear. Bullies do. Ooh. As has been our position from the beginning of this pandemic, the Sheriff's Department is asking and expecting Riverside County residents to act responsibly and do what they can to protect themselves and their family from contracting the virus. Hallelujah. Booyah, man. I gotta say, I've said it once, I've said it before, I'll say it a million times. The sheriffs are the coolest law enforcement agency <laughs> in this country. They, you know why? Because they're elected. Yeah. They're elected by the people that they uh, serve. And not many other law enforcement agencies have elected leaders like that. So this guy's cool. For those who are asking in the, uh, in the chat, he's from Riverside County, which is east of L.A. County. Yes. Right? Yeah, a little yeah. bit southeast there. And uh, I'm in Orange County, Orange County Sheriff Don Barnes uh, also basically agreed with the whole thing. He put out yeah. a statement and it was echoing the same thing pretty much. Um, yeah. So, yeah, good stuff. And this is uh, consistent with a, uh, a retired military, uh, former high level military guy that I interviewed that I think we might interview this week as well. I think he's going to be our guest on Friday. No, not 100% on that, but I'm pretty sure. He was saying that if it came down to 
certain actions from the top, whether it be a president or whoever, mm-hmm. the local and state level, you know, police department and, and enforcements, if they don't agree with it, they're not going to, they're not going to, you know, just force it on people. Yeah. And well, so that's uh, the great thing about, <laughs> about uh, free thinking law enforcement uh people in this country is yeah. the people at the top think that they can just boss law enforcement around. Uh, and in some cases that is true, but the sheriff's, uh, the, the, the sheriff system in the United States is a pretty cool system. They get to kind of go rogue a little bit. Yeah. Um, they, they're more or less kind of in charge of themselves. Yeah. Um, so this is good to see, good to see. And I'm glad in California, even though 33 million people are struggling with the lockdowns, yeah. it's mostly it, this truly more than to fight the virus. This is an economic attack on California. It's not a virus prevention thing. It's yeah, an economic you know, one. With as much bragging as Newsom has done about how big the California economy is, I think it, what is it? Like the third largest economy in the world or something? I thought we're, I thought we're so far in debt that his eyeballs were turning purple. (laughs) Well, he talks about it all the time and it's talked about specifically in the context of California seceding, you know, when they kind of talk about that. Um, but he's doing a great job of destroying the third largest economy in the world. (laughs) It's out of control. Let's see here. Let me look at the California debt clock. Population 39 million, almost 40 million, unemployed 5.4 million, uh, $566 million in debt. That's nothing. And we're spending 500 or $657 million. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. Is that billion? Yeah, that has to be billion. Oh, yeah. $566 billion. I'm sorry. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> My yeah. mistake. Oh, I'm sorry. Add three three decimal places. $566 billion in debt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. No, no, uh, that's serious business. And yeah. yes, I think uh, Mikey in the chat is saying California is the fifth largest economy in the world. That sounds more correct than what I was saying here. Um, so, yeah, there you go. But that's some good news uh, coming from the, uh, the sheriff there of Riverside County, east of L.A. And, um, it, you know, more than anything, it's just nice. Every time somebody, you know, I'm, I'm not really excited when like a politician comes against uh, you know, lockdown stuff. There's plenty of politicians who are against it, and that's great. Plenty of uh, governors across the U.S. are, you know, uh, have varying levels of uh, <laughs> disobedience from <laughs> what they're being told to do. Yeah. Um, but the thing is that governors, they really don't have a direct connection with the people that they govern um, as well as sheriff's departments do. You know, sheriffs, sheriffs are directly elected and they're pretty much in contact with their people all day, every day. Um, So it gives them a little bit, a little bit more say when they're talking about not locking people down. So anyways, there we go. This guy (sighs) rules. Yeah. Well, at least there's something good there. Yeah. Something good. All right. Well, should we take a quick, uh, quick little break? Thanks some producers. Let's do it. It's
Okay, folks, we're going to take a quick break, but do not go anywhere because after the break, oh no, guns, there's some more recategorization of Asian Americans. So uh, you got to stick around and hear about that, guns. I feel like I'm getting dragged into the race war. (laughs) Well, you're our resident person of color on the show. And so uh, that depends on who you ask. (laughs) that's true and then after that everybody's favorite there's a nephilim update but real quick let us thank some of our producers now some of you might thinking what do you mean what do you mean producers well we're on the value for value system long ago we have eschewed the corrupt system of advertising in which big corporations uh, uh incentivize little guys like gans and i to consider you dear listener not as a human being with your own lives and dreams and uh, uh toes um but instead as a commodity without gout to- with no gout a commodity to be bought and sold on the internet for our own personal gain and uh you know it takes a while for people to really let this sink in but it really is a big problem it's really not cool um how the world is structured with advertising and especially uh with smaller pieces of media on the internet i mean it's the advertising companies all wrapped up in big data all wrapped up in privacy concerns that have caused they they really are the cause for a lot of the mainstream uh corruption the mainstream media corruption because uh, you can't talk bad about a big pharma company because what are the commercials during the news uh on the mainstream it's all big pharma pfizer is a huge uh advertiser on the mainstream news and you know that does trickle down to online media as well long ago we decided that uh, we are going to divorce ourselves from the tight uh icy grip of the advertising industry and that you know if we were going to keep this show going and if we were gonna you know make it a a long-term full-time thing that it was not gonna be like that and thankfully our producers have stepped up that's right we're on the uh value for value system which means that you dear producer uh get to choose the value of your media you know we're not very brand safe as the uh, industry calls it so you know if we were taking advertising dollars that would make it so we could talk about some things couldn't talk about other things might get paid a little bit more to make sure we put uh, certain big corporations in a positive light as long as we can sell mattresses and underwear or something you know we'll see what could happen but Instead, our producers have decided to also rebel against the global theology of advertising and put their own value on the media that, uh, well, they value. And so, first of all, uh, the first way that we will thank some of our producers have decided to support the show with their treasure. And uh, we are so very grateful to them for that. Uh, The first way that you can... um, Oh, yeah, I see that. Do you, well, do you want to do that right now, Gons? You can. Just uh, whenever you I'll, feel... We'll, let's do it after. We'll do it. Okay. We'll do it before the art. Um, the first way to do that is by heading over to patreon.com slash 
uh, CCNT for Canary Cry News Talk. And we have three new producers over there. Um, well, first of all, this intangible existence upgraded their producership. So thank you very much, producer, this intangible existence, uh, a musician uh, who I talked to on uh, the Joy Spiracy Theory for an episode. It was a great one. All right. So thank you, this intangible existence. Next, we have uh, producer Rebecca H. Thank you, producer thank Rebecca. Thank you very much, producer Rebecca. Next, we have producer Gary. Thank you very much, producer Gary H. Thank you, producer Gary. Then we also have uh, patreon.com slash Canary Cry Radio. Canary Cry Radio is technically uh, our interview style show. We had a great um, conversation with Jay Dyer on Friday for Canary Cry Radio. And uh, over on the uh, patreon.com slash Canary Cry Radio, we have uh, Aiden M. coming in and upgrading his producership for Canary Cry Radio. Thank you very much, Mr. Aiden. Okay, now, if you don't like Patreon, that's okay. A lot of people don't like Patreon. We totally understand. That's why we have CanaryCryRadio.com slash support. CanaryCryRadio.com slash support. That's right. It's back up and running, folks. CanaryCryRadio.com slash support is back so you can head there to uh, uh, support the show in a lot of different ways one of them is uh, just through paypal there you can come in with monthly producership or or if commitment is not your thing you can just make a one-time producership in any amount and gons who do we have coming in on paypal paypal we got a good handful of people today thank you for all the producers and recurring producers there don't always mention your name but we do appreciate it uh, first off, we have producer Aaron's Flooring. Ah, thank you very much, Aaron's Flooring. <laughs> and he has a note here. Love the Christian perspective on the news, guys. One tiny suggestion. Enough with the flippy updates. No way. Ooh. Flippy forever. <laughs> I know one man who would not <laughs> is against that whole idea. <laughs> value for value all the way. No agenda style. So thank you Woo. for that. Thank you very uh, much. Producer Aaron's flooring. Next up, we have producer dust. Ah. Yeah. Producer yeah. dust. And that's, he sent, uh, he sent over, uh, some, uh, support from Canary crime merch perch. Amen. That's yeah. very cool. Yeah. Good Thank you see. very much. This is our first paycheck from the merch perch. And I might as well just stepping all over jingles again. Sorry, that eagle got me again. <laughs> um, I might as well just mention right now, make sure to head over to Canary Cry Merch Perch, where uh, you can get your Canary Cry merch. It's a family affair. It's created by producer Dust. He runs the whole thing, and all of the... Uh, products are sold at cost so they're as cheap as uh, we can make them or as cheap as dust can make them um but you have the opportunity to tip the artist tip the webmaster or you can tip uh, gons and i as well so thank you very much and make sure to check out canarycrymerchperch.com kara dawn or maybe sarah dawn in the chat says do you guys run the canary cry radio merch page on redbubble I think we oh. made a Redbubble page a long time ago. We oh, haven't wow. touched I haven't it in been a really on there in a long time. But that's the great thing about Redbubble is it kind of runs itself. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. We did create that long ago. I would be curious if uh, if it's still running over <laughs> there. Running. But yes, if you do find Canary Cry radio merch over on Redbubble, it's probably our old one. Yeah, years ago, years ago. Yeah. Okay, continuing on here. Uh, producer Sylvan. Sylvan, thank, thank you, you very much, Producer Sylvan. Thank you, Producer Sylvan. Next up, we have Producer Ivan L. Thank you very much, Producer Ivan. Producer Ivan L. And then we have Producer Sherry H. Or is it Sherry? Ah, Sherry. Sherry. Sherry, that's right. Sherry H. Yes. Thank you very much, Producer Sherry. And next up, we have Producer Mercury Rising. Woo! That's fun. Thank you very much, Producer Mercury Rising. And I believe uh, Producer Mercury has uh, the executive producership for the show. Yes, episode executive producer of episode 273. Perfect. Uh, next, we have producer Dale B. Thank you, producer Dale B. Thank you very much, producer Dale. And uh, a new monthly supporter producer, uh, producer Teresa Y. Thank you very much, producer Teresa Y. Woo! All right. Well, that's, that's a, a breath of fresh air after the couple weeks of producership scare we had there so thank you guys very much um uh yes that's that's the only way we uh, can keep the show going if it wasn't for our producers who knows where we'd be guns it would be a dark dark winter now um <laughs> before we let's do this now let's do the spotify thing now so okay. Um, as many of you are aware, if you use Spotify, you know, the Spotify wrap up was happening uh, over the past uh, couple weeks here. For those uh, who don't know, it's basically Spotify takes all of your big data and makes you graphs and tells you who you listen to the most and uh, how many hours of, uh, you know, listening to nine inch nails you spent throughout the year oh, or <laughs> or whatever um but we had a, a producer send in his spotify wrap-up and uh it was kind of cool i gotta pull it up i completely lost it where did it go do you it's, have it you got you gotta scroll way down gotta scroll 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 ah there we go. Yes. And so we will show on the screen here. It's a Spotify wrap up. And uh, that's us, Gons. You threw your own Canary Cry Radio Marathon listening to seven episodes in one day. How does that uh, even work? That, I have I no idea. <laughs> that's, that's not sleeping much. Apparently. Do you have the name of this guy? Do I need to look it up? Yeah, Hold on. Let me look it up. Let me look up the email. You, you do the next one while I look it up. Okay. The other one here, it's uh, another. Canary Cry Your top podcast was Canary Cry Radio. You listened to 95 episodes for a total of 9,572 minutes. Small talk <laughs> oh doesn't stand a chance. That is, that's pretty funny. That's a lot of minutes being listened of us. How many? How many was it exactly? 9,572 minutes of Canary Cry Radio. 95 episodes total. Oh my gosh. Yeah, this guy is really doing it oh my gosh i'm trying so hard yeah you gotta go to back find if, it you gotta go back like over a week maybe well i just searched spotify oh that might be didn't, that might be rough didn't didn't work so i gotta find it okay you continue while i find spotify guy okay 
uh, as Basil was mentioning, uh, there are other ways you can support the show. And, uh, of course your treasure is very much uh, welcome and we appreciate that, but you can also give us your time and your talent. I found and, it. Oh, yep. Go ahead. There's Sergey. Sergey. Who's producer Sergey. Producer Sergey. Thank you very much, Sergey. Appreciate it. Yeah. That's a lot of minutes dedicated yeah, to he's listening invested. to us ramble on. It's crazy. Somebody listened to us for almost 10,000 hours this year. <laughs> Gosh, that's, that's so many hours. That's so fun. Um, so let me, uh, what was I doing? Oh, yes. I was introducing the different ways you can support uh, the show and uh, as a producer. And uh, other than with your treasure, it's with your time and your talent. And you can send us jingles or little ISOs of songs or clips that you find. And we have a couple of them to share here. Give me one moment. I, now that yeah, I scrolled I'm, down, I got to scroll back up and find, uh, find the spot there. First off, we have a clip. Hold on. I just, I just got a note I'm going to put in there for you. Oh, okay. Oh, gosh. More things. Oh, no. Ah, oh, oh no. I've ruined everything. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, I'm so sorry. He just I've destroyed. Put in a um, giant logo of twitch which here i'll just do this this will make it clear oh what happened okay all right excellent uh first off we wanted to thank producer terrell producer terrell he sent in a clip from i think he said it was from oh where is it ah here it is oh no where where did it go i had it ready to go uh oh no oh no we're falling apart i know i know i just uh oh boy here it is. It's a clip from Star Trek. And I wanted to play this for everybody. We don't have any masks. <laughs> you heard it there first. <laughs> oh, yeah. We don't need masks. <laughs> according to data on Star yeah. Trek. So thank that you. That is a that. fun one. We should get a clean uh, we should find a clean clip of that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. So thank you for that. Terrell. Uh okay. Uh we got a couple Song sent in by Objectivity Cave. So we appreciate that. Thank you, producer Objectivity Cave. And let's do some artwork. One Woo! art, please. <laughs> we always love the artwork being sent in. This first one here was sent in by Josiah. And uh, Josiah drew Battle Rap, Gaunt's Eternal <laughs> versus Basil I Am. <laughs> what do you expect mother i'm half machine and it's a uh, little tank like flippy robots with our heads on it yeah this is great <laughs> some some battle rap from uh an episode or two ago and uh yeah they've got uh, the did you know that battle bots is is playing still the tv show battle bots i did not i, I yeah. thought i saw something on it recently but i thought it was like a rerun yeah, I no, I think one. they're making BattleBots again. Anyway, oh, cool. so I digress. We've got uh, two BattleBot-looking flippy bots with, uh, I think these are the drawings that Allie did of us. Yeah. Um, pasted on there. So, Gons, you and I are officially battle-wrapping robots. Yeah, that's, that should be fun. Very fun. We, sh- we should just do that since we're both so good at dropping lines. Ah, you're getting pretty good. <laughs> Not on the fly though. I can't. I can't do it on the fly. Well, I'm not that's the big secret about battle rap is everybody kind of writes their their bars oh. beforehand and then just fits them in. Except that flippy that we saw yesterday or the other yeah. episode. Yeah, that's true. Doing it on cue. 
So thank you for that, producer Terrell. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Ter- producer Josiah. Josiah. Producer Josiah. Uh, we appreciate it. Next up, we have producer Rianne. She drew <laughs> <laughs> Fighting the Illuminati one podcast at a time. And it's a picture of best buddy Basil. It's a, a basil it's, leaf. It's a basil leaf <laughs> wearing a superhero cape. This pretty, is very fun. Pretty sweet. And Super Gons, which is the Muppet baby Gonzo, uh, who I identified with as a young person because I didn't know anybody named Gonzo. Uh, and if you watch the movie, he's an alien. This is a uh, very disappointing, but, uh, he's an alien from outer space. He's giving away your secret. Guys. I know it's, it's no good. It's no good. But anyway, <laughs> this is a great hand drawing here from Rianne. Appreciate it. It's very, thank good. you very much. Producer Rianne. I kind of like the little basil leaf with the Cape version. For yeah. You. It's very cute. Yeah. Very cute. Not very scary looking though. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it would stop any crime. <laughs> Just on looks alone. Well, thank you for that, producer Rianne. Next up, we have producer Grace come in with a quote. This is a Gons quote from Canary Cry News Talk 272. Wars will be fought with battle rap. Work on those chops, kids. Drop those lines. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the battle rap was a real moment. I guess so. Yeah, people history. really liked it. Uh, so there you go. Producer Grace coming in with the quotes. We really appreciate that. And next up, we have producer Ali. This was fantastic. I loved it. It's the three presidents make it. It's so on <laughs> cue, like for the sh- for today's show. It's so right on. It's the three pres- ex presidents, Clinton, Bush Jr., and Obama. They're all standing there as reptilians. <laughs> yes, because they, they took the vaccine for the people. They, s- they said the side effects are. Uh- there's what side effects the side effects are fine and bill clinton's got some horns growing out with his little uh, reptilian eyeballs there uh it looks like bush got away the the got out the easiest he just had some fangs come in well, his eyes too yes he's got his reptilian eyes and then yep obama's uh gone full reptilian <laughs> full scale, scales all over <laughs> his face <laughs> oh, it was great. This made me laugh. This, this brought a smile to my face. So thank you for that. <laughs> uh, producer Allie, keep it up. And um, one more from producer Shauna. This is actually a picture and I, I'm only sharing this because uh, I did ask for it on Twitter. Um, people were saying they saw stuff in the sky. It was Starlink. And I want oh, to know yeah, if yeah, anybody yeah. Uh, grabbed a picture, a photo of Starlink. And this was apparently a friend of Shauna's. I think it said in the email. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a pretty good picture. And yeah. uh, th- I th- I, is this what we expect to see a light show in the sky? Well, I think whoever took the picture uh, is knows their camera cr- quite re- well. Cause it's kind of a, a little bit of a longer exposure so you can really mm-hmm. see it. But yeah, there you go. A, f- a full line of satellites just flying through the sky one after the other. And one of these days it's going to have Elon's mug. I know in the sky telling you easy. They got to just do it. Just put it in your brain. We're already connected. What if it just repeated that? Put it in your brain. We're already (laughs) connected. Okay. So there you go. Thank you for that. Sean, producer Shauna. Uh, We really appreciate it. And I think that's it for all the producership. Oh, let me pull up. Somebody did uh, put together the timestamps for the last episode. And let me, uh, get my source here so that I 
do it accurately. And what am I missing here? It was producer Jade Bouncerson once again coming in, uh, doing the timestamps for episode number 272. Thank you very much. Very important to get those timestamps. It helps people on the YouTube channels uh, skip around to, you know, topic to topic instead of trying to make it all the way through. Yes. So there you go. I think that's all the producerships that we need to thank for today's show. Okay. Wonderful. 237. We're getting there. We're almost at 300. That's right. Thank you to all of our producers. And remember, that's real. That's the real deal. You know, the podcasts are so respected nowadays. You can actually put a producer for episode 273 on your LinkedIn, put it on your resume, give them our email. We will vouch for you. And so uh, thank you very much to all of our producers, all of our artists and uh, all of our musicians for giving us your treasure, time and talent. We truly couldn't do the show without you. And remember, to uh, support us for next show. It'll be episode 274 um, coming up on Wednesday. And you can do that by heading to patreon.com slash CCNT or head over to canarycryradio.com slash support. Canarycryradio.com slash support. That's right. Okie dokie. Well, guns, should we wake on up? Let's do it. Yes, it's wake-up time. Hey, yo, wake up. Hey, yo, wake up. Okay, here we go. So we're going to start out with a great uh, news outlet, Not The Bee. I'm still... Race wars. Race war. I've warned you and warned you and warned you. I'm still trying to figure out if Not The Bee is associated with the Babylon Bee at all. I thought it was. I have a feeling it is, but I... I I thought it was their... Like official, uh, it's their real news satire site. news, yeah, yeah, which is hard um, to tell apart. It is, nowadays. but this is not the bee.com. It's now considered, quote, white supremacist for an Asian to advocate for rule of law, which makes me think this isn't about white supremacy anymore. It's taken a long time, but there is an increasing evidence that wokeism has broken out of the backwaters of obscure gender studies professors lounges and irrelevant celebrity activists struggling to get instagram likes and has begun making inroads into the hard science sciences the most recent example is the kerfuffle that came about from an email sent out by the president of multidisciplinary digital publishing institute or mdpi an open access publisher of of author pays scholarly papers and the email reads as such when soros foundation started to support oa publishing most of the oa journals listed on the soros foundation sponsored website where the journals launched and operated by me i have been working hard to run mdpi to become the largest oa publishing company and one of the five largest scholarly journal publishers i would like to clarify that as an oa publisher i admire my colleagues and friends from el sevier uh, el sevier spring Nature, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, El Sivier, Springer Nature, Wiley, Frontiers, and many other companies or organizations who keep the same professional codes and standards of scholarly publishing service. <clears throat> More broadly, 
Uh-oh. <clears throat> the frog is coming out. More broadly, I believe the so-called open society should also follow the rule of law and maintain law and order like other kind of society. Rule of law is the very foundation of Western civilization. I had a short conversation with the president of the prestigious Swiss University, EPFL. I know he does not like Trump, and I said perhaps Trump is the man to save the Western civilization because Trump has been protecting the social system of rule of law. It is strange that the media, including scholarly journals like Nature and NEJM, abandons political neutrality and start to create hatred between genders, races, nationalities, and perhaps classes. And uh, I'm going back to the... Oh, nope, there it is. It is strange that media, including... Oh, oh, oh gosh, sorry. I think people are taken as respectable and honorable or better fit of a good position only because of their merits. Nothing to do with their gender, race, nationality, etc. I do not think Biden will give more money to support scientists to do research. He will take money from hardworking people or taxpayers to pay lazy people, and there will be less money to distribute as research grants. As a chemist, I know the French Revolution killed the founder of modern chemistry, a best scientist. This kind of movement in the Western countries supported by Biden will be, a dis uh, be disastrous to all of us. Sad. It becomes politically correct to say, like nature said, Biden wear the most beautiful clothes. The silent majority, including me, see that the emperor has no clothes. This is uh, best regards Shu Kun, Ph.D., president of MDPI. Uh, the article continues. You could tell this was going to be trouble right from the start. First, look at the guy's names. Shu Kun Lin. Talk about signaling white supremacy. <laughs> Might as well be Bradley Witherspoon III. Fortunately, Michelle Nolan, an assistant university librarian at the University of Florida responsible for chemical engineering, chemistry, and materials science and engineering, was not going to stand idly by and allow this outrage to stand. Rather than point out the questionable judgment of sending a nakedly partisan email to a professional list serve, she went right for the obvious elephant in the room. This was fascistic rhetoric. Here's the uh, uh, tweet from Michelle Nolan. Would absolutely love to know why the president of MDPI Open Access is sending fascist rhetoric out to a professional <laughs> chem information listserv. Researchers, if you have ever considered publishing or reviewing for MDPI, it's time to reconsider. What made it fantastic, other than the fact that nowhere in the email did uh, he condemn President Trump and even suggest he might have po a positive quality or two? Ah, it was his use of coded white supremacist dog whistles. And uh, it's another tweet from Michelle Nolan here explaining, I thought that reading rule of law is the very foundation of Western civilization was going to be the most white supremacist coded language I read in a professional email all day. But then I kept reading the same email back to the article. Yeah, you wait, can a read minute, wait a minute. What? Rule of law is the very foundation <laughs> yes. of Western civilization. It's racist. The most white supremacist coded language. Yes. For a Don't communist. You know only racists love the <laughs> rule of law. She's a commie. <laughs> she is a commie. She's a librarian. Oh gosh. They let you just take books for free at the library. 
<laughs> That's right. <laughs> you gotta, yeah, you gotta put it on your card. <clears throat> The article continues. You can read this for yourself in his email above. If you don't believe me, he actually supports the rule of law and Western civilization. Clearly white supremacist coded language, according to a University of Florida chemist who likely has a frequent interactions with impressionable young minds. And that wasn't the worst of it, as she intimates. No, it gets genuinely horrific after this. Uh, let's see. She continues in her tweets. He also emailed the following message to the entire list serve on 6 uh, during the Hudliki Angu fiasco, which I'm sure Chem Twitter remembers well. Are you uh, hooked in with Chem Twitter? Apparently there's a <laughs> no, chemistry Twitter. I am not. I, I really didn't like chemistry in high school. Okay. Adding in a follow-up email that it was his personal opinion when questioned if he was speaking for MDPI officially. And this horrible email he sent said, Too many hypocrites. I do not see any problem with Professor Thomas Hudlicky's opinion. Black lives matter. White lives matter. All lives matter. Shukun. White supremacy. Heil Hitler. I added that second part. Um... The article continues. Yes, he went there. All lives matter. The Haiti hatred from this hater is almost too much to handle all at once. I mean, all lives really shame on this white supremacist. Uh, and then uh, <laughs> there's and a then picture, of, a picture him. of him <laughs> where they drew a Hitler mustache on this poor Asian man. Well, and kidding. it says it says this and in parentheses. This picture may or may not have been doctored. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're almost done here. Finally, now that we have clearly established that Shu Kun Lin is an unrepentant white supremacist who believes in the fascistic concept that the rule of law is the foundation of Western civilization, we can now make fun of the fact that English is not his first language. And then, of course, they show some tweets uh, that were on that thread. Wow. Also, is it just me or was the full transformation to illiterate grunt complete by paragraph three? Another tweet. The lack of critical analysis is bad, but the terrible grammar is astounding coming from a man calling others lazy who aligns himself so strongly with the ideologies of the great Western civilization. So, of course, they're making fun of his uh, English as a second language there, as any good liberal should. And the article ends with enjoy your daily dose of woke approved racism. So there you go, Gons. I'm sorry, man, but uh, you and your your Asian brethren are are having a real hard time um, being allowed to think for yourselves. You know, the big thing that I got from this article, other than than the the main points there, which I guess the sarcasm is understood there. Yes. Most, there's a lot of news outlets that, uh, you know, what people say on Twitter has become stories all over the place. Mm-hmm. But I will say when not the B does it, it's a little more substantive and more fun. Yeah. They have fun. So with I give that. them, I give them credit for, uh, spinning up a story, mostly based on people's tweets, which is a yeah. thing now, which is, and, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a mainstream media approved strategy <laughs> methodology. Yeah. Yeah. And, and making good points out of it. And you know, if you want to do that, there is so much you can do, uh, from, I guess this side of the aisle, if you want to call it that, uh, mm-hmm. or at least pointing out 
uh, whatever the socialist or communist type of thinking, the hypocrisy, nonsense. all that stuff. It's it's nonstop. There's a treasure trove of things you can do to report on that. So, uh, but on the other hand, I'm not surprised. Uh, um, yeah. I do want to mention Brad in the YouTube chat says you have a context. Oh gosh. You have a context notice on your live YouTube video for reptilian humanoid. <laughs> We're being fact-checked. Yes. We're being we did it. fact-checked live. State-sponsored propaganda machinery. If that's not a good reason for everybody uh, watching right now to make sure you hit the like button, I don't know what it is. You got to do it. Yeah. There was also, speaking of librarians... There was a story, I didn't include it, but there was a story about some Ivy League librarians who mm-hmm. were, uh, you know, speaking on and on about a world without police. Did you see that? No, I missed uh, that. Yeah, I'm not going to pull oh, it Oh, this up, is but. funny. I've never seen this context uh, alert. It basically links, it automatically links a Wikipedia article to the oh, yeah, entry for reptilian humanoid. That's, that's been a thing for a long time. Yeah, I don't watch a, a whole thing. lot of YouTube, so oh, I guess that's fun. What a, that's a great service. I'm happy about this. Yeah, except uh, yeah, how many people are going to click on that? You know, except for it puts us in a category. We're it on does. some sort of list now. Well, we've <laughs> we've been on a list. We finally Trust made me. it onto Trust a me, list. We've been on a list for a long time. <laughs> okay, all right. One more thing here. I, I'm not too conf- concerned about uh, what this lady has to say. Okay. Defending the rule of law makes me a white supremacist. No, it's just the madness. Then, uh, yeah, I don't know. She can go supreme her whiteness somewhere else. Androidauthority.com. Oh, this sounds like a dope website. Dope. The best stars TV shows you can stream right now. Oh, okay. Do you have stars TV? No. I, I thought they I. went I out of business. I don't know who still has it, but apparently they're still around. Okay. And uh, you, you know, this is all propaganda, but first off, there's a couple of them. I'll get to the Nephilim part. The number one show, American gods ongoing. This is uh two seasons. Mm, yeah. There's a character named moon. Shadow yep. Moon. Uh, He's the main character. <laughs> yeah. Moon quickly discovers that not only is Mr. Wednesday, uh, Moon meets Mr. Wednesday. Uh, Mr. Wednesday, the Norse is the Norse god Odin, but that other old gods still exist. Mr. Wednesday seeks to round up these old gods to battle against the new gods, such, yeah. as, such as drugs and technology. Yeah, you know, this is pretty interesting show. This was a book by Neil Gaiman, uh, which somebody sent to me a while back, and I have not read it yet. I'm sorry, it's a little intimidating. It's a big book. Um, But I did watch the first episode of American Gods, uh, because they give it to you for free. I I don't have a Stars. I think Stars might be running it through um, Amazon Prime or HBO or something. Um. But I, I saw the first episode. It was very interesting. And, you know, it's obviously filled with all sorts of uh, stuff you wouldn't want your kids to watch. Uh, 
but they also charge for every individual episode. Oh, so gosh. you don't, yeah, you have to pay three bucks every episode, which is why I only watched one. I wasn't quite uh, locked in, but it's, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of Mike Heiser esque. Like it's, uh, sure. Yeah, it kind of personifies, you know, the old gods, you know, the Elohim, and then kind of uh, has the uprising of the new gods. Like, uh, I don't know, there's like this kid who kind of represents technology and the the digital world, and it sort of plays out the the battle between all of these gods. Um, but very reminiscent of like the the Elohim described in the Bible. Um, and they're sort of territory disputes and things like that. Yeah, it reminds me again of Daniel 11. We talked about it in the last episode, I think. But Daniel 11, how the man of sin, antichrist figure. Yeah. Uh, he's going to you know, reject the old gods and mm-hmm. magnify himself above every god, but also do so honoring the god of fortresses, a new god. You know, this other god that they, no one, the gods of his fathers did not know, you know, so... Eh, kind of interesting. Interesting that uh, maybe this Neil Gaiman was, uh, you know, new. Of st- this says 2001 was when the book came out. So maybe he. Yeah, uh, he also wrote uh, Good Omens, uh, which people uh, were not appreciative either. Oh. That's the one where <laughs> it's a demon and an angel, and they're uh, they they become friends, oh. and uh, they help. I can't remember it. They either help end the world or help stop the end of the world. One of those things. Excellent. Um, but so that yes, was the number one show. Edgy. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Uh, <laughs> but the show I really wanted to point out here is Da Vinci's demons. Three seasons. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I didn't geez. know that there was a thing. Da Vinci's demons. Wow. Stars is very focused. Oh on yeah. Their content. Oh yeah. This is a fictional take on 25 year old Leonardo Da Vinci in Renaissance Florence. He's searching for the Book of Leaves, a tome he believes could change history. Mystery shrouds this book's origin. Does it originate from Atlantis? Was it written by a Nephilim? These questions lead him to a mysterious cult known as the Sons of Mithras, who determine Da Vinci can see the altar, a uh, see and alter the future. There you go. Wow. Was it written by Nephilim? We'll never know. <laughs> we'll never know. Uh <laughs> that was the main one. I think there was one more to point out here. The Pillars of the Earth miniseries. Oh. Wow, they are so consistent. I know. <laughs> Based on the historical novel written by Welsh author Ken Follet or Follette, this miniseries takes place in a fictional 12th century town called Kingsbridge. War surrounds this little town as England and Normandy clash during the anarchy. Listen to this. Tom Builder, a mason who lost his wife and child, comes to Kingsbridge seeking work. He's directed to rebuild a local cathedral requiring land and resources granted by King Stephen. There you go. Tom Tom Builder. (laughs) Yes. A mason named Tom Builder. Overall, the story... Oh, Gons, sorry, go if we if we lived in those times, we would be called Basil Podcaster. <laughs> that is true. That's just how it worked back then. And then my our children will be Podcaster Son or <laughs> Podcaster Dotier. Yeah, that's I'm Podcaster sure would, Son. Yeah, Podcaster uh, oh, Son. 
Yeah, I Podcasterson. Like I want to change my name. I am Basil Podcasterson. <laughs> That's impossible. Podcast did not exist in your father's time. Oh my god! You're lying. It's a conspiracy. I like the dotier too. Podcast dotier. I don't know that one. It's what daughter. does that mean? Daughter. Oh, dotier. D o t t i e r. I think. Huh. Anyway, overall, the story spans roughly, roughly thirty-two years across eight episodes. Why not 33? Oh so close. Huh. It's almost like they left uh, some extra space for. Uh, well, yeah, they got to have uh, yeah. the, the big cameo show or something to. Yeah, the, put it the all movie. Together. The yeah, movie the, is the, the movie. 33rd. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So there you go. That's our okay. little Nephilim update. Nephilim update. Nephilim update. Nephilim update. Gotta stay updated on those Nephilim. Well, there you go, folks. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Okay, good. Whew. I just had a panic attack. I didn't think I recorded this. Oh, did I? Okay. Okay, good. I, I did. did too. Yes. Okay, good. Yay. That's why we're professional podcasters. We actually record our podcasts. Anyways, thank you very much, folks, for tuning in to this episode of Canary Cry News Talk. We are going to be back. So don't worry. Don't be sad. We'll be back on Wednesday, December 9th. 9th. And we'll probably get started a little early that day. Hey, yes. guns. Yes. Okay, I need so to, I have a hard out that day. Okay. So we'll be, we'll be getting started around noon, maybe even a little sooner. So to put the update your calendars, should we just start a big G cal for people where we can just keep everybody updated and it automatically updates their <sighs> I calendar? I don't know about a G cal. I don't it's know if anybody's done that before. That would be interesting. That would be. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so there you go. Noon uh, on Wednesday, December 9th is uh, somewhere around there is when we will be getting started. So make sure to update your calendars, turn on notifications, hit that little bell wherever you are, and uh, make sure to hit the like button right now before you leave. Very important, folks, to uh, hit the like button to convince all those algorithms to let other people uh, watch or listen to the program. Um, but... Remember, we're going to need uh, support for Wednesday's show. You can become a producer by heading to patreon.com slash CCNT CCNT or uh, you can head over to canarycryradio.com slash support. Canarycryradio.com slash support. That's right. Remember over there, you can Help us out by uh, becoming a monthly producer, or you, if commitment is not your thing, you can uh, become a producer with any amount you want. There's also cryptocurrency options and all sorts of fun ways to support the show. And you can learn more about the Canary Cry Roundtable of Knights and Dames. Very important to know about that. But uh, until then, everybody, you can also help out the show by sharing the show. You can share it on your social or just go ahead and send an episode directly to, you know, your friends or your family or whatever. If you do post it uh, on social, make sure to tag Gons and I, um, because then we can see it and help signal boost your signal. That'll be uh, very helpful for the show, because, um, you know, we all know that uh, it's just a matter of stumbling across the right content on the Internet sometimes. And you can help a poor stranger who is not listening to Canary Cry News Talk to find it and enjoy it. Or, you know, 
If you have friends and family who are starting to wake up to the fact that the world is not what it seems, you can just send an episode directly to them. Maybe they don't know how to use podcasts or use YouTube. That's a great opportunity to teach them uh, about how, well, the internet works. So there you go. And if you need any more instructions, here's what you do. You walk right up to him, you grab him by the cage, and then you shake it. The end of the world occurred pretty much as we had predicted. I want to shake things up, stir up some controversy, rattle a few cages. Hey, stop that. Don't ever silence me. I'm the last angry man, a crusader for the little guy. Leave the bird alone. Never. Rattle a few cages. The human race will have every opportunity to improve. And if they don't? Ask Noah. And if they don't? All right, guns. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, One more time, just a reminder. Wednesday, December 9th, around noon, be here or else. Guns, do you have any last words? Yeah, I'm looking at a story that I think we'll cover on Wednesday. Uh, an agent's raid home of fired Florida data scientist who built COVID-19 dashboard. And there's some video. It's going Whoa. all over Twitter. Oh. So uh, we'll get to, we'll, we'll research this, see what's going on here. And allegedly this lady was fired for not manipulating data to support uh, opening back up Florida back in May. And now agents raided her home. So we'll see what's going on here. Whoa, big story. Big story. Big story. Big story. Okay, we'll talk about that on Wednesday. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Now, here's the thing make sure to stick around. We'll have the Canary Cry mixtape at the end of the show. And uh, God bless you all. Thanks for listening to this episode of Canary Cry News Talk. Make sure to tune in next time. But until then, think outside the cage. Some controversy. I want to rattle a few cages. I want to rattle a few cages. I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence I'm me. I'm the last angry man. Oh, 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 I I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence I'm me. I'm the last angry man. A crusader for the little guy. Little guy. Little guy. Well, we'll see about that. Whatever, Illuminati. Another fun fact. Fun fact. Uh, another fun fact. Brings me back to my screamo days. Don't, 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 don't even get me started on bidets, man.
If you're a pharmacist, you need to repent. <laughs> All right,
Humans will be confined in a people zoo. People, I'll keep you safe and